Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Okay, trailer cast peoples, this is a special treat today. I am interviewing Enneagram, I'm calling her an Enneagram queen. Her name is Erin Bowdy, and she is the latest team member for Radical Wellness Collaborative. Um, and she's the bomb. And by that, I mean, she has totally disrupted my entire life in regards <laughs> to the Enneagram. I've been having many micro existential crises that I have <laughs> needed Erin for. So she's on today to indulge me with a conversation about being retyped within the Enneagram, what the heck the Enneagram is, and how it can also serve you. So welcome, Erin. <laughs> that's, that's quite the introduction. <laughs> that's literally what's happened. <laughs> hey, meet this girl who flipped my, my view completely on its head. Yeah, no, literally. Like it is, you've taken me to the end of myself and I have just felt completely undone. <laughs> so. Oh. Tell us who you are, and then we're going to get into, um, you know, the beauty of my disrupted life. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I, you're welcome for <laughs> everything. Um, uh, as I'm glad to be a part of Radical Wellness um, and such an amazing group of women um, being led by such a visionary and, um, you know, provocative thoughts in terms of taking care of ourselves. So thank you, Elise, for um, seeing something in me and, and bringing that back to your community. I'm ecstatic to do that work and to be a part of this group. And I have been um, interested in human behavior and behavior change for the past 20 years. I've been working in or studying I learned about the Enneagram about 10 years ago and learned how to do the typing and did like a week long training with my work and just fell head over heels in love with uh, the transformation. I too kind of got flipped upside down <laughs> through the <laughs> process and um, also just, you know, madly in love with it at the same time. And I just couldn't part with it, just kept studying it um, through the School of Conscious Living that's based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, my master teacher's name is uh, Deborah Otten, and she's phenomenal and kind of helped me guide my way through understanding and learning and loving the Enneagram to becoming a certified Enneagram teacher and trainer. And so I've been using it in a professional setting. Um, I've been using it to help entrepreneurs or couples or individuals kind of navigate um, you know, how worldview and understanding the Enneagram plays into our decision making and how we interact with other people and um, kind of can be a barrier and hold us back when we don't really see it or understand it for its full potential. And so I have just um, had my world rocked by it in the best way possible and just feel like it is my calling and my gift to share that with others and help them 
you know, find their fullest potential through the lens of the Enneagram. And so it's been a real um, shift in my focus over the past 10 years, and I'm really happy for it. So I'm just, I'm just grateful to have it as a resource for me and for others. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, I know what the Enneagram is, and some people might not. So <laughs> if someone is like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what did she just say? What is the most user-friendly way we could at least introduce somebody to what the Enneagram is, and then we will go further into it? Yeah, sure. Um, so it it is pronounced Enneagram. I've heard a lot of people say it, you know, lots of different ways. Um, it's a lot easier to say than it's spelled, I think. Um, and it's basically a spiritual growth tool, um, a tool that can help you identify your habits, your motivations, behaviors, why we do what we do through the lens and added language through this, you know, this growth tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, while it's, I think it's played out to be, um, you know, about personality. It is a, a little about personality, but personality is um, our masks and our behaviors. What the Enneagram helps us do is understand the why behind behavior. And then once we understand the why, we can do a lot more with it to expand upon it if it's a gift that we have or learn to grow or evolve through it if it's a limitation we have. Okay, so Enneagram as a spiritual growth tool, giving us lens, language, and the understanding of the why behind behavior rather than just the surface sense of do this, do that, rote change yep. up on yes, top. Okay? exactly. It's not a personality tool. Let's keep going. What else is the Enneagram not? Because there's a lot of conversation <laughs> going on right now, a lot. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think a lot of that conversation is really fun and really necessary to gain interest and to help people understand the resources behind it. And, um, you know, it's diving a little bit deeper. I think using the Enneagram to continue to put ourselves in boxes when we, you know, if you've been to a work training where you do the disc assessment or mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs or the color profile or strength finders, or, you know, you look at all of these really great tools. They're absolutely great tools at helping to facilitate conversation in a team setting or a business setting. Um, but they really all are intended to kind of get at the surface, right? Like, they want to talk about behavior. They want to talk about um, the actions that I take. And it's why we're different in each of those settings. You know, people will often say, well, I'm different at home than I am at work. Or I'm different with these this group of people than my spouse. And that's because we get to choose the behaviors that we bring to those scenarios. And the Enneagram, its intention is to go deeper than that. Let's look underneath behavior and find out, well, why does Elise do this? Or why does Aaron do this? Mm-hmm. Um, versus just that I do it, right? Like I can be introverted or extroverted depending on my situation, but why? Why do I choose that? And so that's really the value in the Enneagram if we allow to drive deeper. If we don't, we keep it surface level, then it is just looking at behavior like every other fun thing, um, you know, the color profile or mm-hmm. what animal am I like or <laughs> whatever, what Disney princess. Totally. You know. And they're fun. It, absolutely. It just when you're looking for a growth tool and you're looking for meaning and you're looking for transformation and change, this model allows you to do that as well. Yeah, th- what that you flip some things on 
around for me that were super helpful. One, you talked about how most of those other inventories or tools box people in mm -hmm. and they almost become like a prescription. Like, oh, because I am an ENFP, right. I will be extroverted, you know, intuitive. I'll, I will, I'll follow my script. But you were helping me understand like the Enneagram is not the way into a box. It is the way out. Can you talk Absolutely. a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about in terms of the Enneagram because so many people I talk to are resistant to be typed because they're like, well, I don't want to be limited. I don't want to. And it's like, well, hey, me neither. Right. Like um, I am an Enneagram type seven and I most desperately wanted to be a three because I didn't want to acknowledge the things about me that didn't feel good about being a seven. Right. My my authentic truth, including my low side. That was a really hard hard pill to swallow for me. And so I desperately wanted to be something else. And so that feeling of being restricted and boxed in was real for me too. And as I learned and grew through my work with the Enneagram, I realized, well, okay, when I identify my primary types, and my teacher calls it your fixated self, right? Like, when I am in seven or acting like seven, it is my most limited version of me. And the the beauty of the Enneagram is realizing my potential is when I inhabit all types and I learn the skills of all types. And what I realize is I've already been doing that. Um, I'm already finding that when I'm really centered or really well, you know, doing really focused, I can look like a really healthy one. Or when I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I can look like an unhealthy five. Um, and so I can see those things in myself. Well, if I can find patterns of health and and unhealth in some types, why can't I do it for all? And I think that's just really the gift of the, the Enneagram is it provides a pathway for us to wholeness um, that was somehow stripped away from us as we grew and evolved in this world. And so really it is the unboxing, <laughs> but we have to have a place to start, don't we? We have to know what our starting line is. And that's identifying primary type and our our habits and our fixations and our thoughts and our feelings and beliefs through primary type gives me that starting line to step off from and say okay how do I grow yes I am like, <laughs> like nodding and shaking my We're head in very right enthusiastic yeah I, yes ter seriously it's like the unboxing feels like oh oh god right like I'm like yeah and the idea that my fixated type is my invitation to myself is the yeah. beginning of where I enter, maybe enter the Enneagram, but it's not where I stop. And I think that's one of the main differences between Enneagram and other tools is that we don't stop once we're typed. That's the entry point. That's how I find my way into this like beautiful crown. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And when I realized that as a seven who has a healthy connection <laughs> to five, I was like, let's go. I'm all in. I want to know everything. <laughs> There's a couple things I want to make sure that we hit today. One of them, rule of one, rule of three, rule of seven, and then the idea of a couple myths. And one yeah. of those myths, I like, maybe we can start with this, is people still, we still tend to think about the Enneagram in a pretty binary way, which is if if I am this number, I go to this number in health and this number in unhealth. So can can you debunk that for us for yeah. a moment? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, the Enneagram in terms of it using as a development tool is still pretty young, right? Um, yeah. 
you know, like I mentioned, um, the teacher that I've learned from, she's been studying the Enneagram since the early 70s, right? So it is not new to her. It is her life's work, and she's incredible at it. And there are many founding scholars that have helped bring it forward to what we know today. But in terms of what we know and understand and how the collective information from all of this incredible incredible philosophical teaching and psychology gets kind of mapped and put together, um, we also have evolved our understanding of it. So, you know, what we thought 30 years ago and what is in a lot of the literature about how it's used or applied and these arrows for growth and stress, um, these founding scholars are evolving beyond that because we're all learning as we go. You know, um, I studied the Enneagram what's called the narrative means we learn from other people and community. And, and so we just get better the more we share it and the more we talk about it and the more people that we experience it with. And so, you know, the understanding that I have as of today is that really we have the potential to access um, different types on the model more easily than others. As a seven, I have a direct connection to one and I have a direct connection to, to five. And we used to think that the arrows and the flow and the way you moved around the model, that was through health and through stress. And now we're really seeing that, well, actually, I can embody healthy aspects of one and I can embody really unhealthy aspects of one, which I 100% do. <laughs> and I can embody healthy aspects of five and unhealthy aspects of five. So for me, how that looks is um, I, as a seven, can be very scattered. I can be very spontaneous. And so when I move into one, I'm really detail-oriented. I am um, very planful. People in my in my day job would be like just fall out of their chair if they thought that I wasn't organized because I'm a project manager and I'm really thorough. And that's a learned skill through harnessing the high side of one for me. However, on the low side of one, I can be really critical of myself and other people. I can be judgmental. I can be hard on myself when I make a mistake. I can definitely see those, those challenges in one. And same with five, you know, when I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I just want to be alone. I want to pull away. I want to shut my feelings off. You know, I want solitude, um, which in some cases is healthy. And in some cases, it's, it's an escape. And then the healthy side of five is like my avarice for knowledge. You know, I'm getting my PhD. You know, I study the Enneagram. I'm fascinated by people. I love to read. You know, um, I just want to know it all. And so I can see the balance. Um when I consciously look at what I have easy access to in terms of those types. And so we aren't limited to just one of these, you know, easy access in terms of, you know, growth and stress. We have the capacity for multiple. Probably what happens to us is that we're limited, right? We're limited in consciousness. We're limited in awareness. We're limited in habits and skill. And so we may have learned to use one of them, but our capacity is much, much, much greater. I love it. Yes. Okay. Also, I was thinking for people that are even are listening right now and that are still like, wait, I'm sorry, what, what numbers? <laughs> um, you can also just even Google a simple Enneagram image if you want to follow along uh, clearly with this podcast episode. Um, and or the, the Enneagram Institute also has a pretty nice clear graphic image. And then you can see just the basic numbers and their archetype and what we mean by 
the arrows. So sometimes the visual is a helpful tool while we are kind of dissecting it and playing with it and turning it around. And um, so you can follow along. Just want to put that out there. (laughs) Absolutely. Good point. Because I'm definitely a visual person. So Mm -hmm. it helps me to see things. And then I have to touch them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Super experiential. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, Let's also take a moment. I, when my, I took the Enneagram test on the Enneagram Institute website, the $12 test, I think five times because thorough, right? I took it a lot of times. I took all the free ones online. I read through probably five different Enneagram books as I like really pushed in. And I think I like, I had a basic working knowledge of the different numbers, the way that they could interact and some primary identifiers, like Mm -hmm. rudimentary, basic, but not like like aware semi-aware yeah so through that process I I typed every single time as a two every time two 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 and then like four and seven were in there um as as next dominant and so I just since this time I've always thought Enneagram type two and then I thought I had a three wing um, because I really was not identifying with any of like any of the ones. So this is where I was sitting in um, <laughs> as a therapist, as a helper, as a like um, as I used to be a pastor's wife, as all these these things, these quintessential two two things, mm-hmm. and decided you know, I really want to go through the work of having a human take me through the process because I was feeling misunderstood by this pretty rigid, this answer, this answer, this answer, this answer, this answer. So you took me through a typing interview. Can you talk to me about what the typing interview is and how it differs from a test? Absolutely. Um, And to just know, Elise, that your experience is really normal, um, (laughs) because if we really think about it, right, like I think that the online tests are really helpful at starting the exploring process. And most people do find type through taking an online test or reading a lot of books or, you know, moving through it that way, or if they end up in a training and someone can experience them for, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours, right, in a given time, it's a lot easier to uncover some of these things. And where our challenge is as humans is so much of these habits that we have are unconscious. So if they are unconscious, how am I going to consciously respond to them in an online test to say, well, do I do this or do I want to be doing this? Right. And that's when I was saying to myself earlier, like I really wanted to be a three. (laughs) And I learned about my type in in a training um, situation where I was with a trainer for eight hours a day for five days in a row. And she was like, no, Aaron, you are 100% a seven. And I'm like, no, I'm a three, you know? And it's because of that reconciliation between what is unconscious in me and what I'm actually doing, the motivation behind what I'm doing. And so I wanted to be productive, not as an escape, like a seven, but as an achievement oriented, you know? And I realized I really don't care about what people think about me in that way. And so it really didn't resonate. And so those, the online tests are a great 
piece to the puzzle, um, they don't necessarily solve the whole puzzle. And so getting with a human who is trained in Mm -hmm. watching behaviors and tying them to motivation really does make a profound impact at uncovering, oh, you're right, I really do do that. And I really do do that because of this. And so that's what we did when we moved you through a typing interview. It takes about an hour. Um, uh, We ask questions in, in every type. Um, that kind of lead you and set you up for answering a question in a way that particular type would answer. However, we also get enough training. I mean, we're talking two years of training to to be able to do these typing interviews um, to then uh, know, okay, well, she's answering this question that I asked under two, Uh, type two, but she's answering it like a four would, or she's answering it like maybe a one would or whatever. And so we look for these behavioral patterns that align with the core motivations of type. And through the typing process, our goal is to narrow it down to two primary types to have you explore and share with you. And, um, and because we get so much clarity in that process, we can also discover We can talk about how it marries to instinct and find subtype. We can find how it connects to a dominant wing um, and maybe even, you know, a tri-type. So finding how it, it you meet all the centers of the Enneagram. So it gives us a whole lot more inner information. And so I know, Lise, when we went through this process for you, it was like, I didn't know that you had identified as a two already. You didn't share that with me. I didn't on purpose because I'm a skeptic <laughs> and I'm like, let's. Let's really see what's going to happen here. <laughs> and so I typed you, like I, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. typed you, really. That's it. Yeah. You typed you. I just yes. kept track of the the behaviors and the patterns as an, an Enneagram type four and the relational subtype mm-hmm. with a five wing. Mm-hmm. And, and you went like radio silent on me for a couple of days. I did. I went radio silent on myself, like I or not. I was like radio silent on the entire world. I literally was like, I was like spontaneously combusting. I was like in a dark space. Because it is really overwhelming to see yourself in that much clarity and that much detail, you know. And I relate to that. And it is also the beginning of the journey of healing and finding wholeness and potential, and you know. So it is. It is that cl- that clarifying process for sure. Yes, it was it was instant deconstruction for me. It was like I it was like the wool to my own eyes was was pulled away, and I was then having to face myself. I I also know that you very carefully and gently led me through that process, and like there's a sense of um. I, I know that you know that I'm like have resources and I'm like a resourced human. So like it wasn't like rude to do it that way. It was also like, hey, there's some hard things. And that's almost sometimes the confirmation of like when we see the work that's before us in the Enneagram, there is a certain sense of confirmation of like, yeah, this is the work that is in front of me. And this is the first time I've ever found myself actually sitting in the seat in the Enneagram that I felt like this is my wound, my motivation, my instinct, my um my how I want to protect myself how I want to grow like it I really for the first time was like this is all in accordance with how I experience myself even when I don't want to and that's Mm -hmm. the fake out right of like when I want to answer the test I do have a bend towards wanting to appear or come off in a certain way and that gets exposed safely in this typing interview with you where 
a four wing five shocked me. Mm-hmm. I actually think the five shocked me most of all. Um, the four is the individual. So I literally just thought that I was a two who went to a four all the time because that's apparently what healthiness is like. Mm-hmm. And spent a lot of time in four, really experienced myself as a four a lot, but just thought I was a two. And so the juxtaposition of realizing that one, if a, t- if a two technically in that binary sense, again, move, can move towards the four and the four can still move towards the two. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting role switch. It was like I was on the other side of the looking glass. And then the idea of five and that retreat and that mm, going into knowledge, collecting information, mm-hmm. pulling, but pulling away was hard to see. And yet also illuminating to get a chance to watch the way in which I like become a sea anemone and retract. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And so it's just been, yeah, it's been a beautiful but hard experience these last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting. Um, the Enneagram Institute calls a four wing three, the aristocrat, and they call a four wing five, the bohemian. And I'm not certain that there's a better word to describe you <laughs> than the bohemian, right? This, this beautiful, free, um, spirit that is not uh, beholden to anything you know just the no bounds no limits no restrictions and so you see a lot of that and we also saw a really healthy move for you towards seven which is the growth journey of the four Um, if you connect the model all the way for those of you who are looking at the pictures you see most of the model is broken at the bottom and so through our work we connect the model from four to seven and five to two to provide wholeness and balance. And, you know, we see that incredible health journey for you to seven, which is a testament to all the work that you have done and are doing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I feel like I'm starting over and that's okay. It's, I, I obviously now I laugh at myself and I hear myself say things that feel pretty like iconically form and I'm like, you know, an authentic journey is like the most important thing and like, <laughs> like it's, it's I, I need to do it this way and I'm going to like hurt, you know what I mean? I'm going to like feel it all and I'm like that is Jesus. I'm like that is exactly the way that I, I go through life and so it's not without that I would want to do the same thing now again is uncover all the things in this sphere and then also understand that's not where I stop but like if I can welcome these aspects of four wing five and whatever and figure out a way to not get stuck there yeah and I think that that was the second piece of the work that we did which was like after I sat in the heaviness I'm like well now what do I do (laughs) and that led to our next part of working together which was you call like a deep dive What, what happens in a deep dive experience? Um, it is my favorite part, honestly. I think, um, I love the way you say it, that the typing interview, like identifying type is the invitation and the deep dive is the plan. You know? Yes, yes. <clears throat> so 
we understand primary type. We understand some of the nuance. Um, you've had a, ch- a chance to reflect and read and find truth in it and say, and, and for some folks that might be deciding between two because they're too close. And, and there's reasons for that. You know, we've got um, what we call dummy types where there are some types that look too similarly outwardly. You know, the counterphobic six can look like an eight. The worry one, the self-preservation one can look like a six. The social two, seven can look like a two. You know, knowing all of this nuance, um, it takes a, a lot of <laughs> time and training and knowing and um, and so to keep that all in mind and and provide somebody with um, a choice or some some exploration in terms of type, then we can take what is in you and what you've decided. Yes, I do feel like I'm represented by a four mm-hmm. with a five wing. I do feel like I'm a relational dominant. Mm-hmm. Then we take that and we we walk start to finish through the model and what it has to offer you because yes. it is a roadmap. I believe the Enneagram is a roadmap to growth for the rest of your life if you choose it. And so we start at the top. What is it? Um, how does it work? What are the laws associated with it? We break down the centers, head, heart, and body. We talk about how you grow those centers. We talk about dominant instincts and energy and then we lay that even further into the, the growth pattern for your primary type, what you have access to, how you use high and low of those types. And then you are left with a bunch of information in terms of how do I apply this to my communications? How do I apply this to how I talk to other people or interact with people, how I lead, um, whatever your work is, whatever your desire is, wherever your growth is, you know, you've got some starting tools to begin that process. And so for me, it's the light bulb. It is the most, it is after knowing type, it is the quintessential thing for us to do is, It basically takes my 10 years of understanding most of the great literature out there and kind of puts it all in one place in a bite-sized, although it's a lot of information in a bite-sized way, we tackle it in about 90 minutes. Yep. It's the biggest shift for me was it's like when I, you read self-help books or you go to therapy and you put your own story on the table. And I'm like, I have read and I have read and I have typed and I have whatever, but like getting to do the deep dive interview. Um, part of that interview with you was um, putting myself into the Enneagram, putting it the, that flesh on instead of having it as a safe, objective story outside of myself that I can read. This was a very intimate, very personal. How do I, with my stuff and the way I want to hide or show myself or whatever, all of that stuff gets put into mm-hmm. the actual working model and it felt like a life ring I feel like you threw me a life ring where I was like mm-hmm. oh okay okay so I, okay so <laughs> I can do something with this like I, I I can struggle but there is also there is also reconstruction there is also invitation to the work and here's an actual very clear very concise very illuminated helpful way and I think mm-hmm. that that part blew me away was how clear the work can look. And I haven't seen that ever in any tool that is out there. I've never seen that part. 
And I think the gift is really the Enneagram community shines in facilitation, in team building, in um, these schools and these communities and these workshops. And that is hard to transcend out yeah. of and bring it to the individual who isn't ready to commit. It's like Weight Watchers, right? Like if I don't want to go to a meeting, how do I build community? And yeah. so we're figuring that out as a community. We're figuring out how to get the information and all of its depth and richness and glory out to folks and yes. it's it's learning we're we're yeah, figuring it, it out you said a word actually that came up last week um i was honored to have a conversation with hillary mcbride and we went back and forth between this conversation with the ideas of imminence and transcendence and imminence is that inward journey and transcendence is having to go out um, outside of ourselves to go and get gather experience something and i definitely feel like there was a switch in the enneagram journey between i have to go out and get that knowledge i need to go out and study i need to go out and gather and find it and then go on this cosmic journey and have it out there but the difference of working with you is I felt like it was an imminent, I had to, got to go in and turn the lights on. And that imminent in inward journey feels like, like a very, um, feels so much more personal, mm -hmm. so much more enlightening. So much, I mean, all of it, I was like, Aaron, it's like a truly, my experience of myself, others in the world is different because of the work that you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That is such a deep and meaningful compliment and exactly why I do what I do. I had a leader tell me once that when your gifts from God are aligned with the work that you do, magic happens. And I believe that and <laughs> yeah. I get to see that magic manifest when I watch people connect with their inner workings in a real and meaningful way. And it happens over and over and over again. And I feel so much gratitude that I get to be an observer to that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's not happening to me, but I definitely get to be a witness to mm -hmm. it. And it's so special. Mm -hmm. It is. It is so special. Will you, you mentioned the laws and I threw those breadcrumbs out earlier. Would you talk about just even just the law of one and the law of three real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you look at the um, Enneagram model, you see all these lines and um, they mean something and they mean something really, really powerful. So you can see the model is connected on a circle. It's um, the Enneagram literally translates to drawing of nine. Right. And it's um, you have these nine types on a circle. And that first law essentially says that we are all contained and encompassed in the same space we are it's we are interconnected we there is no break <laughs> there is no separateness and so when we think about our fellow humans we are one uh, with ourselves and we are one with everyone else there is no separation um there's only understanding if we're willing to step back in and kind of let that in and so it's one of my favorite parts about the enneagram because again when we go back to i don't want to be boxed in i don't want to be limited we're not. Um, all this does is help you see where life in, in development told you stop here. This, these, these skills, these behaviors, these thoughts mm -hmm. help 
serve you the best in your world as it is right now. Um, and really what we realized through the law of one is that I have all of this in me already. I am already, and that's what I love you said about like going inward. Mm-hmm. This is already all inside of me. My wholeness is already here. All I have to do is learn how to access it. And there's some incredible ways that you can do that and with a lot of amazing support. And so um, one, <laughs> we are not alone in this journey or in terms of how we orient to the world. And so it is literally one of my favorite parts about the Enneagram is just realizing that I'm not alone um, and that all of these things I am connected to already. That is like healing balm, I think, for humans. Like the existential loneliness that we all brush up against, every one of us does not escape a feeling of loneliness at some point along the journey. And there is some sense of, knowing, known, togetherness, company, community that uh, reassures us that it's like, oh, okay, I am not in fact totally mm-hmm. alone or by myself in this space. Others have, have been here before. Others have wrestled with this question. Others have, have walked along this in their space. And maybe there are even people that are right next to me on a journey that, that mirrors something of my own. So there's a lot of hope in that idea that we are all one and connected to each other. Absolutely. Um, and and I, I rooted in a lot. Um, because you're right we do live in a world that values solidarity and productivity Mm -hmm. and all these things and the Enneagram keeps showing me a way back to what's real and what's true not just what's put on me so absolutely I think just starting with realizing that we are all in this together and we are all one and we are all the same um and then when you look at the the law of three, which is the second really foundational law, it connects, it's a triangle that connects 0. 0.9, 0. 0.6, and 0. 0.3 together. Again, interconnected, no separateness, no break. And it's the flow of energy between these three very different types. We kind of honor what is true about each of these types. You know, your active force in type three, which is our doer, our achiever, um, the individual who values success, and um, there's a you know a sense of goodness in that. Um, and but it's very forward moving, very uh, assertive or aggressive in that forward stance. And then you know you you move towards this receptive or compliant force of a type six, who uh, on the enneagram is our questioner, um, the individual that sometimes gets labeled as your worst case scenario. They're really just our realist. They like to tell us how it is. They like to poke holes. They like to ask questions. They like clarity. <laughs> they want all the information, right? Um, and so in terms of productivity, they seem to be the one that slows us down because they want, they want to know it all. They want to get all of the information. They're incredible problem solvers in that regard. But when you put those kinds of energies in a room together, this active forward moving, let's get it done. And let's ask all the questions. Let's pull it apart. Let's find the holes. You get polarization, right? And we know what polarization looks like in our world today. It is people who sit in these opposite forces And when we use the energy of the Enneagram to come together at the top of the model in type nine, our moderator, our peacemaker, our harmonizer, who sees both sides, who works to find connection between both sides, 
that's where we find change. That's where reconciliation occurs. That's where decisions are made. That's where compromise happens. And so the law of three honors that you have these three very distinct forces. And when we use them together, not apart, we actually move forward. We make change. We we make a difference um, instead of just sitting comfortably in our worldview and in our space. So whether you are a six, nine or three doesn't matter. We can honor the energies of these types and help us realize maybe where I get stuck in this process. And how do I lean into someone who thinks differently or acts differently or approaches it differently and find the middle? And that's really where we make a difference. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's we're gonna let's leave law seven for people who do an interview with you because I think okay. that that piece is like such a fun like like what in the actual hell is happening right now? <laughs> um, but the the promise and balance uh, security of the representation like what each of those numbers represent and then how we can see that as like oh yeah then that does make sense and I can borrow that without having to if I am not a three six or nine and yet how I might also realize that in the law of one I do possess the possibility to borrow strength from those different points of the inner game as well. So, gosh, okay, (laughs) what else? What else is good for people to know when they're thinking about, oh, how can people connect with you right away? They're like, okay, that's it. I need to to talk to this lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, you can find me on the radicalwellness.co and, you know, just reach out through there. And I'm, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and all of those normal ways. And, um, you know, really just um, like to make myself available to folks as they move through this journey. And um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, we have um, in the show notes. So if you go even go um, to the show notes for this episode, we will have all that information for Aaron to get connected. Um, the group that we are part of is Radical Wellness Collaborative. And the website for that is www.radicalwellness.co. And you're going to see on there, um, Aaron's whole profile, the opportunity to do a typing interview and then the opportunity for the deep dive interview. Um, and then she'll also be doing a group coming up as well. And this is all online, you guys. So regardless of where you are, you have the ability to access this conversation with Aaron, much like the conversation that Aaron and I are having right now. We are, um, Aaron's in Michigan, I'm in California, and that's how we have done all of the work that we have done together, is via the beauty of technology. Um, (laughs) So do not disqualify yourself from these conversations or access to this journey if you're not um, in the exact same zip code. And that's that's kind of the beauty of 2019, (laughs) is the opportunity to connect. Uh, And one of the things that attracted me most to the work that you're doing is working to get it into people's homes in a way that works for them. You know, I think that's um, the, the path for the Enneagram is to continue to find ways to meet people where they are, um, and, and do so in a way that allows folks to digest and, um, you know, move through this process in their safe space Mm -hmm. and in a way that feels good to them. And so I love the harnessing of technology and being able to expand my footprint without actually having to leave, you know, my humble abode. Yeah. Yes, right? I literally, I was talking to a group of women last week and I said, you shouldn't have to pay for the resource you're getting and childcare. Like, mm-hmm. could could we just like get access to just a thing we need not have to also then pay for babysitting or also have to leave work to do it? Like you can 
do this work from wherever you are. It's really that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it, that's what I need. <laughs> like, I need that. I need to create that then. Um, some other fun things maybe will be good for people to know as well. We're going to be doing an, a team challenge. And so it'll be totally free. And every member of the Radical Wellness Collaborative is going to be leading people through a week-long challenge. So if you're interested in that too, feel free to email hello at radicalwellness.co and just let us know you're interested. Or you can also go to the webpage and you'll see a little pager that says challenge. You can sign up. Um, but every day, one of us will lead you in an experiential journey. So Aaron will do something regarding the Enneagram. I will do something regarding connecting to ourselves from a therapeutic lens. Um, we will have mindfulness meditation, but everything is something you can do to help give yourself an experience of what it means to live radically well. And when we taste something, there's a sense of like, oh man, that is, I, I want that. <laughs> I need to have that. And we specialize in creating like real change for real people. This is not a giant life overhaul. These are practical things that we can do that do not take tons of time, but have immediate impact. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to put that out there as well. I really do want people to have access to experiences that create change. Absolutely. And I think that lends really nicely to, you know, when people ask me, well, how do I apply this? How does this mm -hmm. work for me? How do I do the work? You know, and, and, you know, I know you and Elise, we talked about this a little bit. It's like expanding um, yeah. what is conscious for us into our unconscious and kind of remapping and rewiring some of those behaviors to be in line with what we want, not what we are, right? Mm. What we're used to or what we're conditioned to be. And so, you know, the work of the Enneagram, once you know type and once you know how to apply it, the work is to show up and use it in community with other people who can be, um, you know, students and teachers and community members with you. And yes. so joining things like the the wellness challenge or group sessions allow you the opportunity to strengthen that muscle mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. understanding yourself. And so it really is about learning about you. That's your invitation. That's your starting. And then the work is showing up and trying it over and over and over yeah. again. Yes. And I, I think sometimes I think that like um like today like like a jewel we're just turning it around we're turning it we're turning it we're looking from this light or this light like we're, yes no one has to be an expert no one has to have experience we just show up and say I want to play yeah exactly <laughs> can I play I want to play let's let's do that and that's yeah we get to in, be invited back into that that innocence journey as well of I don't know um but I'd like to mm -hmm. absolutely Erin mm. thank you for your commitment to like this excellent journey it, in our very first conversation. One of the things we touched on was I said, I really want the best. <laughs> I want the person, I want the best person out there to be able to talk to people about the Enneagram and you hit that out of the park. I was like, what? Like <laughs> you superseded everything I could have hoped for in entrusting people to you to lead them through this because it's so personal. So I am honored and freaking stoked that you are a part of this team. It is like, it's your next level and you're elevating what we're doing. Thank you. I, I feel nothing but gratitude at the opportunity to be able to connect with people with such authenticity and you and the rest of the team included. I'm just I'm stoked. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. You guys, thank you for listening. Um, 
if you were with us today um, via <laughs> the trailer, via <laughs> Aaron's workspace in Michigan, um, I just wanted to like invite you to what it is that you need. And if you would just even take some time today to consider what's next for you, like in your journey, what questions do you have? What do you need when you think of taking care of yourself well? Is it mind, body, spirit? Is it someone to help kind of help you work through some of these things? But we want to be a resource to you, even to help you ask good questions. Um, you don't have to do it alone. That's the beauty of of this. Is like we out here. <laughs> so, thank you guys, and follow back up with us at radicalwellness.co, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at Elise at Elise Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.